At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the look ahead with scott seidenberg on vsin the sports betting network In the Sports Betting Network. Follow on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Great conversation with Steve uh, Fats Diano. Uh, just talk about the history of, um, you know, how he rose up in the industry and some advice for betters out there as well. Uh, NFL preseason week two got underway here with the Bears and the Seahawks, and it was a game where we were all over the under. And remember when this is before the Drew Locke news came out, uh, we had recommended the under because there was an overreaction. The books were seeing the overs come in 14 and three in the first week of the preseason, including the Hall of Fame game. And on average, there was a massive like five, six point adjustment on the overs. I mean, we saw games that were in the 30s that became into the 40s and Earlier this week, there were like nine games out of the 16 on the week two schedule that were into the 40s in the totals. And right now, there are, let's see, I'll tell you exactly how many there are right now um, with these preseason games. In 40 or above now, there's one, two, let's see, three, four, that's it. Four games. So think about the adjustment that has happened over the course of this week. The overs dominate week one of the preseason. Books adjust. Set up the games, bump up their totals by a big average. Nine games are set at 40 or above. Then six games, now four games. Totals are going down. People are betting the unders. We're going to see more unders this week. A lot of reasons. Teams are better. They're more prepared. They've been hitting more in practice now. The tackling has been better. They got a game underneath their their belts, so they're not going to be hesitant on defense. And I think a lot of uh, starters will not play a lot, especially with the teams that have been playing joint, that have had joint practices all week where the starters have gotten live looks against live defenses with still wearing the red shirt so they don't get hurt. Why throw them into the fire here in a preseason game where you just worked on things during the week in the joint practice? You don't need to see them in the preseason. In the preseason games. Bears and Seahawks kicked off week two. And this game was 27-11. It goes under the posted total. 
And think about what even had to happen, like for this game to even come close to the total. Uh, a muffed punt recovered for a touchdown with 20 seconds left in the first half. Instead of it going to the half at 10 nothing, it goes into the half at 17 nothing, And then a touchdown run with two minutes left in the game. So instead of it being 27 to three, it's 27 to 11. Like this game could have easily gone under by a large margin instead of only going under by a point on the closing line because it closed at 39. So let's see where we are here with the preseason games coming up for Friday. Panthers, Patriots, total I'm seeing 39 and a half. And let's just monitor all the books here of what we have. Uh, Let's see, where are we? Love to see this. We'll try to compare some lines here for you. See if we can get the best number out there. But 39 and a half is what I am seeing for uh, these games coming up. Uh, 40s. Let's see. We got 40 on the board places. Yeah, we got 40s on the board. Okay. There's 40s out there. You don't have to do the 39 and a half. You can get a 40. You can get an under 40. Uh, But I do think we're going to see an under just because I think these are two teams that they played. They've been practicing all week together. There was a scuffle in practice. Christian McCaffrey was involved in the scuffle. And I think, excuse me, if you're both these teams, you don't want to get yourself involved in uh, any extracurricular work when it comes to, excuse me, the preseason or these fights. You don't want to run the risk of anybody getting in trouble. Let's take a look now at the other games. You have New Orleans and uh, Green Bay. They have also been involved in joint practices this week. Total 38 and a half. There are 39s out there, including I think the South Point I'm seeing has a 39 and a half. I mean, that's a whole point difference. So you want to talk about getting the best of the number, 39 and a half at the South Point, 38 and a half uh, other places in town. I got 39 uh, places as well. So best number available on that under 39 and a half at the South Point. So you want to check that out if you like the under in this game, which I do. I don't know what we're going to see from the offenses that have both um, been, like, like look at the, the the Packers, all the talk about the dropping the passes and whatnot, the wide receivers having to, um, you know, have a meeting with Aaron Rodgers and whatnot. Aaron Rodgers making comments about the young wide receivers. Jordan Love had a very good, uh, a very good end to his joint practices with the Saints as he looked really good. Um, And here's, I love this article, then this is the type of stuff that you find here uh, during the preseason. And this comes from Packers Wire on USA Today. Quote, after two days of defense-dominated football between the Packers and the New Orleans Saints, that sentence right there tells me everything. Intensity, Pride, two teams getting after it. Probably what we're going to see when they line up in this preseason game. All of a sudden, I don't think that after a week of competing against each other, they're all of a sudden going to like back off and not play 
with intensity on defense. No, 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 no. I think when it comes to teams practicing together during a week leading in the preseason, there is so much that you get into against that other team that sometimes you can't let out that aggression even though you're trying to on a play-by-play basis, the play gets stopped by the coaches. Any scuffle is going to get stopped, right? Everyone's like, you know, trying to separate you and whatnot. And I do think that sometimes the the drill gets stopped, the, the play gets stopped, they want to run it again, redo it. You just might not have the opportunity to get a crack at a guy. But when you line up during a game situation here in the preseason, Here's your chance. We're live now. There ain't no coaches going to stop this play. The only body that stops this play is the ref when he blows the whistle. As soon as that ball snapped, me and you. And I think that there is a sense of pride, a sense of competition, and a level of intensity that picks up in these games after a week of joint practice. And I like the unders in all of these games that feature teams that have been practicing together all week. I really do. And for it's it, for it's, it happens right here on Thursday night with these two games, Panthers, Patriots, Saints, and the Packers. Texans, Rams total is pretty high. 38. Looking around uh, town, I see 38s, 38s, 38s. Yeah, everybody's at 38. Opened at 36 and a half, went up to 38. Again, with these teams, I don't know how much to expect from them. With the Texans, I mean, Davis Mills is trying to prove something. They won their first preseason game. For the Rams, they won their first preseason game. You know, nice win over the Chargers. Uh, Bryce Perkins played the whole game. Nobody else did. And I think it's important for the Rams' backup quarterbacks to get looks here and to work on things because... I think Matthew Stafford's going to miss time this year. And it's just pure speculation, but when it comes to this elbow injury, I think that this is going to be something that affects him. And I've said this before, my handicap on Matthew Stafford is last year with an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl for the first time in your career, you play through pain. You deal with it. It's worth it because you're achieving a goal you've never achieved before. But after winning the Super Bowl last year, why put yourself through this stress again? You have a team that's good enough to get back to the playoffs and have an opportunity to go back to the Super Bowl. There's no reason to play through pain. If the treatment's not, if the elbow's not responding to treatment, take some time off. Get it fixed. Make sure you come back healthy and pain-free for the stretch run of the season. Or just make sure you're healthy when the playoffs come around. Because I'll tell you what, Matthew Stafford misses a couple of games. The Rams are still a playoff team. And then if he's healthy and rested in the playoffs, they got as good a chance as anybody to get back to the Super Bowl. So I would not be surprised if Stafford misses some time this year. And that's why this pre- these preseason games are important for the Rams. To get a guy like Bryce Perkins, get him a bunch of reps in live game situations. Because we know Stafford's not playing, so 
somebody's got to take the snaps. Somebody's got to run the offense. Somebody, and to get in, this is valuable time he's getting working with everybody in these preseason games. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, a little roundtable discussion with Scott Reichel from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and our friend Brad Thomas from NBC Sports Edge. Get their thoughts on the preseason, some of the unders that I think we're going to see, one that we did see here on Thursday, and a couple other nuggets as well. That's all coming up. A little roundtable discussion. I'm Scott Seidenberg here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever. You get your podcasts. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Joining me now for a roundtable discussion, we welcome in Scott Reichel from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and Brad Thomas from NBC Sports Edge. Gentlemen, thanks so much for joining me here on the look ahead. And let's talk NFL preseason. After overs go 14 and 3 in week one, including the Hall of Fame game. The first game of week two does go under. And yes, there were some fluky things that almost hit the over here, including a muffed punt recovered for a touchdown at the end of the first half and a touchdown with two minutes remaining in regulation. Brad, when you looked at the overs in week one and then think about the week two totals, I mean, I was on the under here tonight. I'm on the under with a lot of these games moving forward. Where are you in the adjusted week two totals for this preseason? You know, it's always important to be the first to market and not be the guy who's trying to play catch up. But there is a game that kind of caught my attention that has overwritten all over it, and that's Ravens at Cardinals. If you think about it, Cliffs Kingsbury really, really wants to be the guy who who takes down John Harborough on this immaculate <laughs> preseason record. And they have a formal quarterback in Trix McSorley who can put up very, very good points. On the other side of the ball, and I think we talked about this last time, the Ravens are one of the best preseason teams 
because Harborough gets guys who can run the exact same system. If you look at their quarterbacks, Tyler Huntley, Anthony Brown, Brett Huntley, these are all quarterbacks who can run the exact same system. So this game has an opportunity to put a lot of points on the board because the system's not changing uh, between quarterbacks and through hands. What about you, Scott? Your thoughts on the adjustments here that the books have made and what you've been seeing in the betting markets for the totals in week two of the preseason? Well, blindly, after going 14-3, and three, automatically try to go contrarian and you look towards the unders, but I'm not used to seeing this many totals start with a four in the preseason. Yeah. Usually it's somewhere in the 30s, but there's a lot of 42s out there, etc. But I was also on the under yesterday. I was not the guy that had $100,000 on it, but I did have the under, so I made a little bit of money on the side. Uh, I still don't know why Pete Carroll's calling timeouts down 16 with about a minute to go. That's a separate <laughs> story. Uh, but for me, I am gravitating more towards unders this week. I do think that after the overs did so well, I'm sure we all know that Vegas and the oddsmakers realize it's not like they're going to get fooled again. And you can make an argument that they might have just completely underestimated how much the offenses would be ahead of the defenses in week one. I expect it to kind of balance itself out. We're still not exactly sure with some games how many series starters are going to play, which is always a concern. But when it came to over-unders and my thoughts for this week, I was leaning more towards unders because I figured that worst-case scenario, the oddsmakers would overcorrect to the overs, and you could find some value taking some unders. Yeah, and they have. I mean, earlier this week, there were nine games lined up at 40 or above. It went down to six games. Now there's only four games that are 40 and above. So the, the money is coming in on all of these unders. My thought process when it comes to this week is that there's so many joint practices between these teams this week, and when you have joint practices, the coaches will be the first one to tell you guys, they get more out of these joint practices than they do in actual preseason game because they can set up the, the the plays that they want. Oh, I want to work on goal line. We're going to work on goal line. And then guess what? We're going to run it again, and we're going to run it again. And I think the intensity that happens during this week, we've already seen scuffles between teams, right? The Patriots and the Panthers, they're getting fights. This happens. And I think this leads to not just more intensity and defensive intensity during these games, but also the lack of starters playing because the coaches saw everything they need to see from them in the joint practices. Brad, we have two games here on Friday night that feature teams that had joint practices this week, Panthers and Patriots, Saints and Packers. Would you be with me on the unders on those? Man, it is so, it's intense to say that I'm going to want to take an under of 37 and a half in a preseason game with the Rams. But it makes sense if you start thinking about unders. They're going to have to start hitting. These guys are getting beat up in these joint practices because these guys really, really want to fight for playing time. And then, like you said, the ones aren't going to play in this preseason game because the coaches have seen enough. If I were to pick an under in both these games, I'd have to pick the Panthers and the Patriots. Yep. I just feel like uh, in the Rams game, there's too many players on the Texans side of the ball that are battling for actual playing time where they might – Take it a little bit more serious offensively, which gives you the opportunity for uh, defensive lapses and more points to be put on the board. Scott, what's your thought on the joint practices and thus possibly leading to unders? See, the Belichick situation especially is confusing to me because he stated publicly that he loves joint practices and he feels like it gives teams an excuse to not use their starters. 
yet he decided Mac Jones should be the starter last year through preseason games. <laughs> so I guess he learned something from it anyway, which I found kind of fascinating. But it seems like the Patriots and Panthers have just tried to kill each other the entire week. There's been a couple <laughs> scuffles, and I think that would automatically lean to an under. Plus, when Matt Corral goes one for nine in the first preseason game, you're going to lean to an under anyway. I do like the under, though, not talking about joint practices, in the Friday card with the Saints game against the Packers because if I'm going to roast Matt Corral, I got to roast Ian Book. Mm. And I don't really think that he should be on an NFL roster. He won't be. I mean, I could have told you that Monday night last year against Miami. But I do at least want to point out that Jameis Winston's not going to play and Book playing a bunch of minutes with a bunch of really snaps and series is concerning. But it really comes down to quarterback depth chart. And I find the Rams especially interesting because their depth chart was one guy in the preseason game. They've been using Perkins for the entirety of preseason games for the last year or so, which I find fascinating. But I would lean to the under in that Patriots game just because of the fact that with how intense the joint practices have been and what Belichick stated publicly a couple days ago, it does seem like they might be using relatively vanilla play calling. Brad, do you have another play on a preseason game coming up here? Uh, Yeah, my next play on a preseason game, I'm going to take the Titans. uh, Minus three, I'm laying the points against the Buccaneers. When is a powerful team not in the headlines for their quarterback missing or something stupid about preseason? When you think about the Buccaneers, they finally have reached that level where they're, they're stars, they're veterans. They don't care about preseason. They don't care about these games. All they mm-hmm. care about are practices. And then, listen, it's Kyle Trask. I think Kyle Trask has an opportunity to be a, a pretty solid quarterback, but they're going to give him as much rope as possible because they really want him to be the next guy. And what that happens with the Buccaneers is you start trying a lot of things. You start running guys like Rashard White a lot. You, you, your best wide receiver out on the field is Tyler Johnson. Your defense is ultimately limited because Todd Bowles knows who he wants in every single position because he's the defensive play caller. So this gives the Tennessee Titans an opportunity to kind of run one up on the Bucks at home. We don't know if Tannehill is going to be starting because the whole Malik Willis thing or Woodside, I think it's fine. I think the Titans are going to have to play Tannehill a little bit so they can kind of quiet down the Willis talk. So minus three, I don't mind laying that. I hate laying points in preseason, but the Bucs aren't really concerned about this. What they want to do is get reps for guys who are going to be filling in for spots due to injury or a player, uh, player just might not be playing up to snuff. These are important reps for guys in the two and three part of the depth chart. Or a quarterback who goes missing for two weeks for personal <laughs> reasons. Uh, Scott, do you have another play on the preseason here in week two? I do. I'm actually looking at an underdog here. I'm looking at the Steelers plus three against uh, Jacksonville. Okay. I get that they played an extra preseason game in the Hall of Fame game. The problem is they haven't looked good in either one of them. Mm -hmm. And the Steelers, if you want to look historically speaking, I tend to try to follow coaches' records in the preseason so you know how much they actually care. Tomlin, 13-4 and straight up in the last 17 preseason games. And Doug Peterson, 2-9 and straight up Mm. in the last 11. So it seems like Peterson... Might be one of those guys who cares more about practice than the actual games, but I'm looking at the Steelers quarterback depth chart, and I thought they looked really good in the first preseason game. We might see more picket, but based on all of the QB controversy going on for either the second string or even the starting job, I do like the Steelers because they're motivated at quarterback for spots, and Tomlin's been really good when it comes to preseason games. So I like the Steelers getting three against a Jacksonville team that really has looked awful so far this preseason. I actually love this because I do think the quarterbacks go out there and try and ball out. Brad, are you buying the Kenny Pickett and George Pickens hype 
for Offensive Rookie of the Year? I'm not buying it. I mean, Kenny Pickett was set up with one of the absolute best situations for a rookie coming in, playing his very first NFL game in the stadium where he played all of those years of college football. Like, it's just like, it's too easy for him. And no, I don't think Kenny Pickett locates the football well enough. And I think he's still got a lot of growing to do. Listen, it's preseason. Yes, you're going to ball out in preseason when there's no pressure. You're the guy who wasn't supposed to win the job. You're playing in a stadium that you called home for so long. Mm-hmm. I'm not buying into the hype. There's so many good players who have a kind of situation that are a little bit better um, for them to kind of ball out and put up a lot of yards, and put up a lot of points. But we do know that the uh, NFL uh, Rookie of the Year often goes to a quarterback. Um, but I don't buy either of them. Yeah, you probably want to have a player that you know is going to be guaranteed playing time, which is why Brees Hall of the Jets is the favorite to win the award right now. He is Brad Thomas from NBC Sports Edge, Scott Reichel from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Coming up next, we're going to get into some EPL plays and golf as well. FedEx Cup playoff action. This is The Look Ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network. Yes, I am. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN College Football Guide is out now, and our NFL Guide drops next week. Our experts provide profiles of every team with team trends, power ratings, and over under recommendations. Plus, best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Remember, the only way to get access to this year's football betting guides is to become a VSIN All Access subscriber. Sign up on our discounted football special. Get all access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only $175 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bit smarter all year long. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Scott Seidenberg here with you. This is The Look Ahead on vcin, the Sports Betting Network. Uh, rejoined by our little roundtable discussion, our good friends Brad Thomas from NBC Sports Edge and Scott Reichel from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Gentlemen, let's talk some golf. Uh, FedEx Cup playoffs going on, the BMW Championships. Brad, we'll start with you. Talk to me about this event, this course, and what do we like here after round one? Yeah, this event, this course is the first time that it's had a PGA Tour event. The only golfer in the entire field who has played this course prior to round one, Justin Thomas. Um, you know, when watching a couple flyovers of this course and, and reading some notes, I really did think it was going to be a birdie fest. We're going to need some moisture for that to really remain true because once this course starts to firm up, as you saw in those guys in the uh, the, the PM rounds, it gets a little bit more difficult. Um, I'm excited for this week because you're really going to start to see the the cream rise to the top. If you watched last week, you know, I was under the assumption that it would be very chalky. Mm -hmm. And now it's starting to look more that way because a lot of the chalk, you know, took two weeks off after the open, which makes total sense. Um, I think now you really want to look for guys who are really uh, hitting the ball from right to left. So draw guys because the course is draw bias. There's a lot of bailout spots to the left and a lot of really good target zones that are just naturally left. Bombers work here, too, because the fairways are massive. And the greens are huge. So that's why you see Rory before he hit it in the water was it was really challenging for that first round lead because sometimes he gets a little wayward off the tee. But there you can't really miss the fairway. And he's having a wedge in after hitting it 335 yards on average. 
That's wild. And Rory is the second favorite on the betting board right now, despite being four strokes off the lead. Scott, is there a play on the board that intrigues you after round one? Well, looking at the defending champion of this event, of course, it was a different course, but you can still get Cantlay at 18 to 1. He's three under. I thought he had a pretty good overall round. Struggled a little bit to get going, but in the back nine, especially, he shot three under. I thought he was solid. So I thought 18 to 1 seemed a little bit long to me. I thought it'd be closer to around 15 to 1 because he's the defending champion. I do like Adam Scott as an overall golfer. He's been performing well lately. I might have had a, D- a DFS lineup or two in the open with him in it. I know he tied for 15th there, but I like how he's been performing lately. The issue is I'm trying to figure out how to avoid going complete chalk because Justin Thomas has experience here. Rory was the pre-tournament favorite, and he shot well despite hitting the water. So I feel like if you want to look for a guy who's not one of the chalk chalk choices, but still is a well-respected golfer, I think Cantlight 18-1 to might be worth a shot. Brad, the leader is Keegan Bradley, who's at seven under after round one. You can still get him at about 11 to one. Does he hold on here to win this thing? When's the last time Keegan's won a tournament? You know, I have about 125 to one. There's absolutely no chance I would ever in my life tell anybody to bet Keegan Bradley to hold on to a tournament. Unless he had like a five-stroke lead heading into Sunday. I just don't think he's mentally tough enough to grind it out, especially being a Northeastern guy in this, this tournament playing in Delaware, you're, you're cutting your odds in, in terrible position. I, I even look at this board. You know, I have a, a couple of guys on here. I bet about six guys this week, and I have uh, five guys who are within three, four strokes. There's one name on the board that kind of is interesting to me that I'm not on, and that's Corey Connors at 50 to 1. Wow. Corey Connors lost strokes putting, which he loses strokes putting literally every tournament. But if he can just somehow just putt well enough on these massive greens to contend, he's three under right now. He puts together a couple of really good rounds. That 50 to one's looking more to 10 to one. And you got tremendous value on a guy who hits the ball in the middle of the fairway, hits a ton of greens, and is really sharp with his wedges. Scott Zalatoris is uh, six strokes off the lead. No interest in last week's champ? I. I don't know if it's personal bias or not, but I personally don't like to back golfers that just won a tournament <laughs> last week. I know that you might be a little bit salty over there, Scott, about Zalator's winning last week the yep. one time you didn't have him. But I think he's going to, of course, hang in there, probably finish in the top 10. But I'm not going to pick him to win the event. I think he'll put up a respectable showing, but I don't think he's going to go back-to-back, in my opinion. All right, guys, let's transition away from golf and let's get into some Premier League action. Uh, There was some exciting play uh, over the weekend. Brad, what are you on for this coming week? Uh, My first one and the one that's probably going to shock a ton of people. I'm backing Arsenal minus one and a half. It's it's plus money against Burnmouth. And a lot of people are going to say, what about Burnmouth's first game where they won? I don't care about that. This (laughs) Arsenal team is different. The problem with Arsenal last season, especially ending the year, we could talk about injury and terrible, terrible defense. They, they, they were leaky. Well, now you look at them. They played against Crystal Palace, who was a very good counterattack. Crystal Palace, they were playing them on the road. They had an expected goal mark of 1.14. And then their, that next game, they're playing against Leicester City. Yes, Leicester scored two goals. Yeah, but they scored two goals on an expected goal mark of 0.46. Now they're playing against a Burma side who absolutely got lucky in game one. What do I call it luck? They deserved the win, but they they had the boost of their first Premier League game back at home to start the season. Mm. That's not going to happen again this season. And then you have Arsenal, who have 
some of the best summer signings, especially one in Gabriel Jesus. Gabriel Jesus last week had a higher expected goal mark than 17 teams in the Premier League. When you have a guy who is, is that dynamic, who's getting in great goal scoring opportunities, you're not going to tell me I'm not going to take plus money on his team to win by two goals. Yeah, come on. They've won by two goals in their first two games, and I think it continues. How about you, Scott? You have a play for this weekend? Yeah, I'm going to go with the best team in the overall league by a wide margin. I'm going to look at Man City, minus one and a half goals against Newcastle. If you want to look at Newcastle so far this season, they're undefeated. They beat Nottingham Forest, congratulations, <laughs> and tied 0-0 against Brighton. But Man City's already looked dominant. And with Liverpool drawing two games already, you could argue the title race is already over. <laughs> but if you want to look at the head-to-head meetings, Man City's crushed this team. Man City has not allowed a goal against Newcastle in five of the last six meetings. And they've won by multiple goals in five of the last six meetings. So minus one and a half at roughly even money with easily the best overall club in the league. And it's a huge step up in competition from Nottingham Forest and Brighton to Man City, I think Man City rolls here, probably wins 2-0, 3-0, but I think 1.5 at even money is a pretty mm. solid value play. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, Brad, after an emotional draw last week for Tottenham, any fear about a letdown against Wolves, or do we lay the goal and a half at plus 110 that they roll here? I would call that a letdown for Tottenham. I would call that absolute masterclass performance. Hmm. Antonio Conte headed into that match knowing that the away game between them and Chelsea, if they can escape with just one, just one point, then they know they are back into that top four uh, table placement discussion at the end of the season. I think Tottenham actually uh, beat Wolves. They, They beat them by multiple goals. They probably keep a clean sheet. Like that was one of the biggest morale boosters for them. I was on the draw and I was sweating it out. I turned the game off like a terrible football <laughs> fan. And then my phone vibrated and I went, I was on the golf course and I went absolutely nuts, but it was so worth it. That's great. So, uh, you know, I like it. Minus a goal and a half is plus 110 up on DraftKings. Scott, do you co-sign there? Are we riding with the Spurs this weekend? Yeah, why not? Uh, I definitely like the talent so far. I think that they have one of the best managers in the overall league. I'm still not sure what happened there with the handshake. There is one other play that I am looking at besides uh, the Tottenham match uh, with a pretty nice plus price. It's actually between West Ham and Brighton. Okay. I like the draw. If you look at the head-to-head meetings, six of the last seven meetings have ended in a draw, which I find extremely just weird and I don't know if you want to just back solely based on history we saw Brighton tie nil nil against Newcastle last time out but when you've tied in six of the last seven meetings I think that's blindly worth a draw play isn't it I would say so uh Brad give me one more play real quick for this weekend yeah this is my absolute favorite play and the juiciest play I'll probably play all season Leicester City team total over one and a half goals Versus Southampton. Leicester City have this match at home. Both games they played against Southampton last year. They hit this team total. Southampton stink and they are porous. And this game should be very wide open. So I'm backing their team total and I'm totally laying the juice. Love it. We're rooting for goals from Leicester. Gentlemen, appreciate the time and the conversation. Best of luck with your bets coming up. Thanks, you too.
Thank there you. he is. Scott Reichel from Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Check him out there. And Brad Thomas, NBC Sports Edge. Uh, appreciate those guys. A little roundtable discussion. We talked NFL preseason, a little golf, little uh, football. Yeah, English football. <laughs> I'm Scott Seidenberg. We'll get to the Major League Baseball board coming up next here. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Take the VEASAN experts with today to find all of our podcasts. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Always on Twitter at Scott's on air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Had a play of the day push on Thursday with the Mets in the first five innings. Jacob DeGrom gives up two runs. The Mets get the two runs back for him, and they end the first five tied at two. But it was the Braves who were able to get a 3-2 win over the Mets and an important series win over their division rivals. The lead in the National League East is down to three and a half games. Let's take a look at the board coming up here for Friday. The Brewers, fresh off their victory over the Dodgers, travel to Chicago to take on the Cubbies. Aaron Ashby gets the start for the Brew Crew. Keegan Thompson will go for the Cubs, and Milwaukee is minus 140 in this spot with a total of nine. I lean towards the under. Let's check the wind at Wrigley. Uh, Let's see. We got, we got, we got for this game. As the page refreshes, I got nothing right now. Let me see. Hold on. Uh, We want some weather reports. All right. Here we go. Wrigley Field coming up. This game between the Brewers and the Cubbies, 10 miles per hour blowing out to left center field. Okay. Not significant, but still a little something. Uh, still early day game. I don't know. Probably go maybe the under, but no feel for that game just yet. 
Red Sox take on the Orioles, two teams battling for a wild card spot. Cutter Crawford will go for uh, uh, Boston, and Jordan Lyles goes for the Orioles. And the line on this game is even uh, with a total of nine. The Reds will take on the Pirates. Graham Ashcraft on the hill for Cincy, going up against Bryce Wilson for the Pirates. Cincinnati is minus 120 on the road. The Mets take on the Phillies as their run through the NL East continues. Chris Bassett gets the start for New York. He has been absolutely tremendous. Chris Bassett has gone three consecutive starts without allowing a run. He has not allowed a run in the month of August. Three starts, 20 innings pitched. He has not allowed an earned run. He allowed one unearned run against Cincinnati in eight innings of work. In 20 innings in the month of August, he has allowed 18 hits. He has struck out 17 batters. He has walked four, and he has allowed zero earned runs. Mets will take on Aaron Nola, the ace of the Phillies staff here. Nola, in his uh, last couple of games, one run allowed to the Mets in eight innings of work. One run allowed to Washington in six innings of work. One run allowed to Pittsburgh in six innings of work. So three great starts for Aaron Nola. Same thing for Chris Bassett. Fun story. Well, not fun story, but interesting thing what the Mets did uh, prior to their series concluding in Atlanta, the Mets sent the next three starting pitchers ahead to, to Philadelphia. So Chris Bassett was already in Philly, well-rested, waiting for this game to come up. Not only was he there, but the next two starting pitchers, all three of them went to Philadelphia ahead of the team. They did not stay in Atlanta for the Mets to finish off their series with the Braves here on Thursday. Total is at seven and a half. Might look at a first five under between these two starting pitchers. The Blue Jays take on the Yankees, and it's Kevin Gosman against Jamison Tyone. Uh, even spread between these two with a total of eight. I lean towards the over. We saw an over here in the first game of this series, thanks to Frankie Montas getting lit up by the Blue Jays. I think the Yankees might return the favor to Kevin Gosman and Jamison Tyone, who is 11-3 on the season, but does have a 3.95 ERA. And if you look at his last three starts, three earned runs to Boston, three earned runs to Seattle, five earned runs to Seattle, 11 earned runs in his last three starts. So Tyone uh, proven to be very vulnerable. The Angels will take on the Tigers. Angels are minus 130 on the road. Matt Manning goes for Detroit and Patrick Sandoval for the Angels. Total in this one is 7.5, which is such a low total, but both of these offenses are just not good. So I would say over, but I mean, both these are just two not good offenses. I do like Sandoval. Um, Manning so far this season. Just a couple of starts, gave up four runs last time out to the White Sox, but he did shut out the Rays before that, seven shutout innings. So um, at home this year, he is uh, 13 innings pitched, opponent's batting average of 116. So Manning, very comfortable there uh, in Detroit at Comerica. The White Sox take on the Guardians, Lance Lynn against Tristan McKenzie, and I don't know how you can trust Lance Lynn or the Chicago White Sox. Uh, give me the Guardians here at minus 135. Royals take on the Rays. Brady Singer goes for KC. Shane McClanahan 
on the hill for the Rays. McClanahan 11-5 this year, a 2-2-8 ERA. Last time out, just two runs allowed in six innings against the Orioles. Before that, four runs in six and a third to Detroit. Looking at his splits this year, at home, he's actually been worse than on the road. At home, I mean, the record's much better. But at home, opponents are batting 207 against McClanahan, as opposed to on the road, where they're batting just 156. Still, it's the Kansas City Royals. It's Shane McClanahan. Rays should get themselves a win here. Astros take on the Braves. Lance McCullers goes for Houston against Kyle Wright for Atlanta. Kyle Wright, 14-5. and on the season with a 3-1-4 ERA for Lance McCullers. He just made one start since his return from the IL. Six innings of shutout baseball against Oakland. A huge boost that he is providing to this Astros rotation. And I'm sorry, I know the Braves are great, but you're giving me the Astros at a plus money price. I'm probably going to take the Houston Astros. Rangers take on the Twins. Martin Perez goes for Texas against Dylan Bundy for Minnesota. Perez has been the best pitcher here for Texas. Wouldn't mind taking a flyer on them at plus money, especially going up against Dylan Bundy. Minnesota is minus 140. Giants take on the Rockies. Alex Wood goes for San Francisco and uh, San Francisco minus 170. Jose Urena going for the Rockies. Total of 11 and a half. That's really high. I get it. It's Colorado. But the Giants have not really put up runs. They just got shut out here. And in four games against the Diamondbacks, they scored eight, ten runs in four games against the Diamondbacks. So not exactly a ton of runs here for this San Francisco Giants offense. But it is in Colorado. Ball should fly out. And we know the Rockies are much better at home than they are on the road. Mariners take on the A's. Cole Irvin goes for the A's. Marco Gonzalez for Seattle. Mariners minus 135, total of 7.5. That total is probably too low, but it is Oakland, so maybe it goes under. The Cardinals take on the Diamondbacks. Miles Michaelis on the hill for St. Louis. Uh, and for it's going to be Tommy Henry for the Diamondbacks. St. Louis is minus 190. This team is rolling right now. Michaelis, what an anomaly. I mean, the dude gets absolutely lit up against Colorado, has one of the worst starts of his career, and then bounces back eight innings of two-run ball against Milwaukee. So you got to think that maybe he has uh, found himself after that poor outing. Nationals take on the Padres. Blake Snell against Paolo Espino. San Diego minus 365. The Nationals won here on Thursday as a plus 310 dog. Do we back them again at a plus money price, or do we fade Espino, who is 0-5 on this season, and uh, the Nationals um, have lost several games in which he has been the starting pitcher. Uh, The Marlins take on the Dodgers. Jesus Lazaro goes for the Marlins. Tyler Anderson for L.A. Tyler Anderson, uh, 13-2 this year with a 2-8-1 ERA. L.A. is minus 2-67. And just looking at the rest of this series, uh, let's see what the schedule is because I'm curious as to how high the prices are going to be. Well, let's see. You got um, Braxton Garrett goes against Dustin May. And then, oh, my goodness. Ryan Pepiot and Sandy Alcantara. Dodgers are probably going to be favored. And Pepiot against Alcantara, probably bet the Marlins. But imagine the Marlins are favored on the road. Oof, 
Hey, coming up this morning on Follow the Money, uh, Andy Staples from The Athletic will talk college football. Derek Stevens, the owner right here at the Circa, will join the program. And Chuck Adele, professional handicapper, all coming up Friday morning's edition of Follow the Money. You can follow me, Scott Seidenberg, on Twitter, at Scott's On Air. S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.